0: One boy. One girl. One epic love story. What? Wrong script? Oh, okay. One man. One microphone. An addiction to science fiction. When the world needed someone to pin their hopes on, he was there. From the shadows he rises to fulfill your mind and his destiny. He will save us. Rico, Trex in Sci-Fi. Available now on an audio device near you.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of Trex in Sci-Fi. I am Rico, your host, and this week it is podcast 297. And let's see, what is today? The 19th? Yes, the 19th of September, 2010. This week on In Sci-Fi, we're going to look at the uh, really cool, really just great fantasy series, Legend of the Seeker, uh, which just ended its run after... Only two seasons, uh, one one of my favorite fantasy series probably of all time, and I, I've wanted to talk about it, uh, and I have talked about it a little bit on the podcast here and there, but this week we're going to dedicate the podcast, the whole show, or most of it at least, uh, to this series, and hopefully for those that haven't seen it, I'll give you enough of a taste of it uh, that will make you go out and, and seek Legend of the Seeker. Get it? <laughs> uh we'll talk about some other things, Trek News and, and the usual fun. Uh and we've got the new T V season just about ready to start uh or and has kind of started a little bit, and we'll talk about that as well on this week's uh, Treks in Sci Fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, opening there a bit uh, was some uh, music from uh, one of the early trailers uh, to Legend of the Seeker. Uh, The show has, uh, I think his name is Joe DeLuca, does the music, and uh I think there is one CD out for that, uh, but I'll talk about that later when we get into the main uh, discussion on Legend of the Seeker. But I like the music uh, quite a bit, so I opened up uh, or used that today as our sort of little opening theme for Trex and Sci-Fi. Hey, how is everyone? Uh, I haven't said this in a while, but uh, welcome to any people that are sort of new to the podcast. Maybe this is your first one ever for the show or maybe uh, you've just recently started listening to it. And uh, I still get emails uh, occasionally from people that have just kind of picked up the podcast, which is still kind of interesting to me and always fun to hear from new people and and new people on the forums and all that. And, again, if you have somebody who's listened to the show a long time, uh, welcome back again for another uh, week's geeky uh, geek love fest uh, for – you know, track and sci-fi and fantasy. This week will be a little more fantasy with looking at uh, Legend of the Seeker. And uh, so, here we go. Uh, first off, I want to just say a couple of kind of... Uh, kind of housekeeping uh, announcements and and situations and whatever before I forget. Uh, First being, uh, next week on the podcast, for the podcast next week, I'm going to be doing a Skype chat those we do uh, probably, I guess, about two to three times a year, uh, give or take. Uh, This is where uh, uh, the people who listen to the show, anyone who'd like to, uh, can join in for a discussion. Uh, This is going to happen next week on Saturday. Uh, That will be, let's see, look at my calendar. Let's see, that's the 25th, the 25th of September at 2 p.m. Central Time. We'll meet on Skype. Uh, For those interested, shoot me an email, treksf at gmail.com. If you're not a forum member, usually it tends to be just people on the forum seem to uh, participate, but sometimes we get someone else, uh, so I want to keep it open uh, to anyone. But it'll be 2 p.m. on uh, next Saturday we'll be recording. And the subject we'll be talking about, what I wanted to cover, would be sort of a wrap-up of summer movies, Uh, that we saw, what we liked in the sci-fi realm. I I thought it was kind of a little bit weak overall. There were a couple exceptions to that, Uh, but uh, we'll talk about that. And mostly we're going to talk about the fall TV series, what we're looking forward to, returning shows, and old or sorry returning shows and new things uh, old shows and new shows talk about and a little bit about fall movies what's coming up Uh, we've got some interesting things coming in the next few months and into the holidays so that is the the probably fairly large subject area and we'll be talking about that next week Uh, in two is it two weeks no it's more than that yeah we're going to be doing uh, the week after that, I'm going to actually have a special uh, podcast with my wife, Lynn. She made a little, uh, sort of uh, said that uh, when I got a regular full-time job again, that she would come on the show, uh, but uh, that was a while ago, and I have been working, obviously, for a while as a contractor, but she said that's not really the same. That's not. Uh. But this past week, I am signed, sealed, and delivered. I'm a full-time employee of Tester here in Illinois. And so she is going to be on the podcast in two weeks. The topic or what we're going to try to talk about is, since she isn't, a you know, such a geek like I am, we're going to talk about things that uh, are shows in, you know, sci-fi and fantasy that she has enjoyed, TV and movies, uh, that I think that might appeal to just a, a much broader audience, things that she likes. And I don't know. We'll, we'll, we're just going to have a kind of a slightly informal chat with a little portable recorder I'm going to bring home that weekend. So that's going to be then. Uh, and uh, when we uh, get to show 300, uh, there's going to be a couple of things, other shows in between still. Uh, but uh, show 300, what I wanted to say, and I don't think I've announced this yet. I did it on the forum, but what I want from uh, or for uh, show uh, 300 is going to be a videocast cast. The idea that I had was for uh, people that would like to send in videos, you know, maybe a few minutes long. Nothing, you know, I try to limit it maybe three, four minutes or so. That usually gives me a chance to put maybe about 10 in if I get them or, or whatever. But try not to go over about five minutes, I guess, would be the top number. Uh, but uh, the idea here would be to for you to showcase either a TV show or a movie maybe a couple if you'd like or just one that you feel are uh, sort of Uh, hidden gems i I don't want people to mention oh my favorite movie is the empire strikes back or wrath of khan i think those have been covered plenty uh but something that you may think has been slightly overlooked deserves a uh uh, maybe people to to check it out more and obviously with things like netflix and hulu and all kinds of ways to view uh content these days it's pretty um easy for the most part unless they're very old shows then then you have to go over to my site geekplay.tv and see some of those old cult classics that aren't even out on video yet but this is just for you to share your love for something that uh, maybe a lot of other people have sort of overlooked and what, what it's kind of what I do here occasionally on the podcast that being today being a good example of that with Legend of the Seeker I mean it was a I think a fairly popular show, but I don't think a lot of people saw it. So that is what I would like to do on the podcast from time to time. But this will be your opportunity to do it in video form. Just tell, you know, talk to the camera. Tell us what you like about it and why you think people should check it out. You can include little clips from the, the whatever the series of the movie if you'd like, or I can put those in when I'm doing it and connecting them all. Uh, but uh, please uh, start working on those. You can always FTP them. I can get you information uh, about that uh, via my server. That's probably the easiest way because video files tend to be kind of big. They're very difficult to email around. Uh, there's a, a couple of services that allow you to do it, and you can use those as well. But usually, if you if you know about FTP, you can get it right to my server, and it works real easily. So that is Show 300. So that kind of is the bookkeeping stuff. Oh, one last thing. I mentioned this, I think, last week. I'll mention it one more time at least. Uh, the uh, fees for uh, DreamHost, for all the hosting for the podcast, the website, the forum, all that good stuff, uh, are, they are due in September. Actually, I've got about, I think, about a week or so to go uh, before I have to pay. The, uh, the, this is the time, basically, if you'd like to donate via PayPal. A uh, few people have already sent in donations, and I and I am very appreciative and and thankful for those. That's great. Uh, thanks very much, you guys who who have sent in donations. But if, if you haven't, and you have a you know five ten dollars that uh, you feel like you know you get that kind of entertainment value out of Treks in Sci-Fi over the year, you know uh, let's see a podcast a week, fifty two podcasts a year, fifty two. Uh, although I have some guest hosts, so we can't count those, but. You know, whatever you want to donate, that would be great. There are links for PayPal on the main website at treksinscifi.com. And also on the forum, there are links, lots of ways to do it. So uh, PayPal is the easiest and best way to do that. And I would uh, greatly appreciate it. So thanks very much, everyone. I'm going to take a short break. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about Trek and news in that area and a little bit about sci-fi and movies uh, currently out and uh, a little bit of, you know, just a variety of things before we get into the main topic of Legend of the Seeker.
2: Hi there, this is Rick Moyer, and I'm proud to say that I'm a geek. I love listening to Trek's in sci-fi podcast. In fact, it's
1: the first one I ever downloaded, and I still listen on a weekly basis. I'm also the host of Take Him With You, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. I talk about all sorts of geeky things, including my faith, television shows, movies, science fiction, and I share some cool music, too. If you want a refreshing look at life with a geeky twist, come take a listen to my program. It's called Take Him With You. You can find it on iTunes, or you can go over to TakeHimWithYou.com and listen now. Thanks, Rico, for everything you do. I just love Trek and Sci-Fi. Okay, some Trek-related uh, news right now. Uh, first, uh, the new William Shatner series, uh, Bleep My Dad Says. I guess that's how you, uh, how you say that title is going to premiere on the 23rd of September this Thursday. It's actually going to follow the premiere uh, for this season's the fourth season of The Big Bang Theory, which is moving till uh, Thursday night. So we'll have The Big Bang Theory at 8, at 8.30, uh, bleep, my dad says, with William Shatner. So I, I'm definitely going to check this out. You know, I, I think it could be good. I think William Shatner has sort of slowly turned himself into a comedian. And uh, I think this could be uh, a lot of fun to see, and it's it's only a little half hour show, so n- no big commitment. I never really watched him when he was on um, Denny Crane and all that on the Lawyer Show. What the heck was that called again? I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, anyway, th- this looks funny, and I'll I'll definitely take a look at it and check it out. All right. Also, I saw on on the uh, over on TrekMovie.com they have a cool little story on this. Nokia prototype uh, cell phone that was made, that is, was made very much looking like the original series communicator, has the brass grid flip top, uh, the same kind of lighting inside, has a little video screen type thing instead of the little moir or whatever in the center of the communicator. But anyway, it's a very cool, I guess only a small little handful of these prototypes were made, it was never put into production. The guy that posted this uh, is uh, was, was somebody who got one uh, via. I think he got it via eBay. is is where it was from. But it's a very neat little device, and uh, I still don't quite understand why they haven't come up with uh, a, you know a cell phone that looks like that. Although, you know, things like the iPhone and the Androids that are out there, they seem to have gotten way beyond the um, the flip top uh, versions of cell phones that we had for a while. You know, now everything's got the touchscreen. There's no top and no nothing on it. Although, I kind of like the top on phones, and I kind of miss it a little bit because I just thought it was a good way to protect the the screen and the surface of the phone instead of having this, you know, and, and a lot of times people end up buying cases and covers and all kinds of stuff for these phones that don't come with them anyway. So I, I, I almost wish we'd go back to that time and era. But it's a cool little story. You can find it over on trekmovie.com. Uh, along with a few other interesting Trek stories. Another one would be there's this neat little viral video by this guy who does some cool Trek videos. Uh, His name, the username on YouTube is Spockboy. Just do a search for that. And there's this uh, one he did with the Star Trek aliens, and this is involving the sort of ongoing sort of little feud between William Shatner and George Takei, uh, or Takei, sorry, that's the way to say it, but... This is pretty funny, and he really puts a lot into these things. He animates Baylock and, and, and takes little scenes from the, from the different TV shows, but adds to them uh, from the original series pretty much. It is very cool. I think I have it on my cool videos list uh, for Vodpod, which is a neat little service if anyone has a website uh, user maker or whatever and wants to include some of your favorite YouTube videos. If you go to Vodpod, I think it's V-O-D-P-O-D.com, get a free account going basically you can save your favorites uh of uh favorite videos from youtube i think it works with other services too although i mostly use youtube with it you kind of click on the videos you like, and then it eventually, or it just shows up in your in your video list, and then you can make a little widget of that and place it on your website to show people uh, what you like. You probably can put a widget on on Facebook, I imagine, too, if that's uh, where you'd like to use it, since uh, you know everybody's on Facebook these days. I found out just I keep finding people, more and more people, turning up on Facebook, and I, I just don't like the interface. I just can't get into it. I, I don't know. I've tried a little bit. And, and it, it's just awkward to me, and, and it's just not intuitive in a lot of ways, and it's just not. I don't think it's all that attractive of a of a of a site. I, I, I'm waiting, and I predict really, and, and give me give it a few years. But whether it's Google or somebody else, someone's going to come out with a better uh, better, you know, whatever you call it, social media site than Facebook. I guess Twitter is going to have something a little bit more uh, coming out soon too, a more social type platform. And we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, the Internet's so fickle and, 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 and strange sometimes about what what's hot and what's popular and what's not. I, you know, I, if I was running Facebook right now, I'd, I'd be worried and I might even be thinking about, hey, when you're at the top of your game like that, I'd, I'd sell it off, collect the money and go make something else and, and something new and hot. Because it, it is like the, you know, Pet Rocks is, is the good example I, I like to use, just that You can make a lot of money, and it's good for a few few years or whatever short period of time, and then it just kind of slips away. But now I'm kind of rambling. So what else did I want to cover? Oh, well, this week uh, we've got a few shows, uh, or basically most of the TV is coming back this week. A lot of returning shows. There's a couple things I was going to point out, and I don't know if I mentioned this last week on the podcast, but there's this new show NBC, the event that's starting tomorrow on Monday. And by the time most people listen to this podcast, it may the event the event might have already premiered and happened. But I'm going to give it a try. I was kind of going both ways. I'm like, eh, do I want to get into one of the another one of these weird you know, flash forward, lost, weird stuff going on, serialized drama on TV or not. But I think I'm going to give it a try. Looking to the uh, uh, also the show, the superhero family show, the No Ordinary Family. I think that's an, a new show. I think that's going to be on. Is it Tuesdays? I believe check your local listings, as they say. I think it was Tuesday. Uh, so that's going to be good. Looking forward to that and and a lot of returning shows to Smallville. I'm really looking forward to that coming back for its last season. And, and a lot of other stuff, Big Bang Theory and, and everything. So anyway, let us take a break now one more time. And I haven't seen any good movies lately, so I'm not going to talk much about movies. I did want to see the Resident Evil movie, but I didn't go because of this. I'm not going to pay three more dollars for 3D. And, you know, they had it in non-3D, but the times just didn't work out for when I wanted to go. And, and, I, and I just think that, you know, a $5 at the uh, sort of after or afternoon type show I was gonna go. It's five dollars normally and it was eight dollars to go see it in 3d and i I'm sorry that's just not worth it. I mean I don't mind spending money on things sometimes, but three more bucks no sorry no. I'll wait for DVD maybe or, or maybe I'll go see it sometime this week if they've changed the times for the non3D show. so that's it I think for uh, things to cover uh, and I will be back. then we're gonna get into Legend of the seeker. This is Chase Masterson from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast. Okay, today's uh, main topic on Treks and Sci-Fi, is, of course I've said the title many times already on the podcast, is Legend of the Seeker. Uh, this uh, series is something that I, I, I started to watch from the start for for a variety of reasons. Uh, one, I, I am, besides sci-fi, even though I don't discuss it on the podcast probably nearly as much as maybe I should, I, I've always, for a long time, been a very big fantasy fan. Love Lord of the Rings, love fantasy uh, books uh, and and shows that they've done and movies that have come out, although I think, unlike sci-fi, I think fantasy has always been a little trickier to do, and and I don't think they've done as good a job nearly with movies and TV shows, For fantasy as they have for sci-fi, it 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 just sometimes it comes off as kind of uh, humorous and in you know maybe sometimes unintentionally uh, schlocky and 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 just things like that. A good example of this that I I I will give uh, was the movie Aragon uh, from a few years ago about the boy who finds the dragon and raises it. I love those novels. I really, really love those books. I think there's going to be another one, a fourth one coming out at some point, Uh, but I really love the books. Some people find that they're kind of derivative, and uh, they uh, take from other things, and they're very obviously written by a young person, which they were. The guy who wrote the first book was very young. Anyway, don't want to talk too much about this, but I wanted to say is when they did the movie... I kind of liked the movie a little bit, you know, yeah. but I was so pumped up and so excited about the movie and was hoping they would turn it into a series where, because I think the other books in the series of, of Aragon get a lot more interesting and a lot more depth and detail, but the first movie didn't do too well, a fantasy-type movie, and they changed a fair amount from the book, and then it just kind of ended there, so, I, you know, when... Uh, a TV show or a movie comes along that's fantasy-based that I feel is really good, it's just, you know, wow. I mean, this never really happens. And Legend of the Seeker, I think, is is definitely one of those times where that happened. Uh, This was originally based off uh, a series of books by an author named Terry Goodkind. He has done Uh, a series of books in this realm or in this uh, fantasy world that he created. Uh, So, And and I wanted to say from the start a couple things. First, I haven't read the books. I have three of them, I think, sitting on my shelf or on a shelf at home and that I'd like to pick up and start reading now, but I didn't read the books at all, so I only know this from the series, the TV show, so that's what the podcast is really going to be focusing on. Although I have heard from uh, quite a few people ...that uh, have read the books, and usually what they have to say is this, mostly. I mean, there are people who, who always are going to be the purists out there, but most of them have said while the TV series is different to a degree from the books, they feel that it still captures the essence of what Terry wrote in the books and that it, there's a lot of uh, things from the books that they pull into this TV series, and they, they, they enjoy both. They say they're kind of different a little bit, but they're, they're very good, and uh, they say that this is a good representation of the book. So with that said, uh, I just wanted to say that if in case somebody is listening to this podcast has read the books, really enjoyed them, and is worried maybe the show would be not up to uh, you know what they had read in the books, I think you should still give it a try. I think you would enjoy it from the people that I've uh, heard who have read the books and then later watched uh, the series. So this the, the basic premise is this. There is this fantasy world out there and that you know that was created and the the promise or the it, it is a fairly basic story. There's an evil ruler guy called Darken Rawl, and he is you know he's sort of like the Darth Vader of this world. He is out there, you know, taking over kingdoms and you know, pillaging and taking money from you know different towns and just you know doing the usual nasty fantasy realm uh, bad guy stuff. And there was a young a young man named uh, Richard Cipher, who, uh, unbeknownst to him, when the when the show starts out, uh, is uh, the sort of chosen one. He is the seeker. He is the one who is. Destined to destroy Dark and Rawl and take you know take that evil out of the world and sort of restore peace to the not to the galaxy but to the to the world that uh, this all takes place in. There are uh, three main uh, areas of the world. There, there's the Westland, the Midlands, and Tahara. The Westland is separated from the Midlands by this magical boundary that was created uh, to prevent any magic from entering the Westland part. On the other side of the Midlands is Dahara, and that's where Dark and Rolla rules. Uh, so uh, there's um, various characters in this, but I'm going to go through the main three. Uh, there is uh, there is Richard, Richard Cipher, who is the Seeker. There is Kaylin Amnell, uh, who is a, con- a Mother Confessor. Well, eventually, she, she starts out as... Well, I don't want to say too much about that, but she is uh, becomes very important to Richard as the series goes on, and I'll talk more about that. And then the third person on their quest to start out is uh, a wizard, uh, Zedekes Zulrander. He, a great name, really, I feel. Uh, I should say here at the beginning, I guess, as we get into this and we start rolling, the, the actors, uh, Craig Horner plays Richard. Uh, Bridget Regan is Kalen, and Bruce Spence is Zedekus, or Zed as they normally call him. And there's a a couple other main characters that come in, but I'll I'll mention those as we go. And I wanted to slide in clips as I'm talking about this series. So we're going to play one of the early clips that I got. And the way I decided to do this show, rather than try to give you a scattering of clips from a lot of the different episodes, they did two seasons in total. I decided to focus mostly on the first episode, the pilot episode, because that gives you a really good flavor and taste for the series, and, and, I, and I also didn't want to spoil too much for the series by going into other episodes, so uh, I will talk a little bit about them, maybe more towards later in the podcast, and, and kind of things, not not give you real details, but kind of the stuff that goes on, but anyway, let's play the first clip for our Legend of the Seeker that I wanted to uh, share with you.
3: These men, why were they trying to kill you? Your hand is bleeding. Let me take it to my father's. We can dress the wound. Did I do something wrong?
0: No,
3: I'm just not used to people touching me. I'm sorry. It's all right. I have to go. Where? There's someone I need to find. Who? Maybe I could help you. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. Why were these men chasing you? You always ask this many questions? I just saved your life. The least you could do is tell me what just happened here. Actually, I saved yours. When you touched that man, what did you do to him? Hey to know what I did to that man. Try and follow me and you'll find out.
1: All right, that clip is the first kind of meeting between Richard and Kaylin. Uh, She is being pursued by soldiers uh, that work for Dark and Rawl. Uh, She has this magical book with her, the Book of Counted Shadows, and they want it back, of course, and she is attacked by these soldiers. Even though she's a very good fighter, Kalen, and can defend herself in a a few different ways, she uh, gets a little overpowered at one point, and Richard comes to her rescue. He is pretty much at this stage in in the pilot episode, just a simple kind of guy who lives out in the woods with his father, um, you know, helps people and, you know, he's a woodsman and, and he, he knows really nothing of what his destiny is all about. And there, there's a certain kind of appeal there at that point, I think, where it's kind of fun because we as an audience learn about what's going on here, just like he does. He, he isn't really clued in on everything that this is all about, and we, we start to pick up pieces of it just as he learns things, which is a, a perfect way to do a story like this, especially a first one. And as I was watching the pilot, the first episode again, what really came to mind for me, and I think one of the reasons that I like this show so much, is it's there's a lot of the first Star Wars movie in this uh, story and in the way it's all presented. It's really, <laughs> there's a lot of similarities. Uh, the, the easiest parallel, the easiest comparison to make is is Richard is basically like Luke Skywalker. He is this farm boy, a simple person who doesn't realize his sort of history and past and his destiny and, and how he gets involved in the situation. And Richard is the same thing here. He has uh a lot that's going to be happening to him, a lot that, that people are going to depend on him for, but he's totally unaware of it at this point. And the Zed, the wizard, is basically the Obi-Wan Kenobi character. He brings Richard into the story. He brings, you know, like Obi-Wan brought Luke into the story, tells him about his past, his his destiny, and his future. And Kaelin is is kind of like Princess Leia a little bit, and 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 other other little areas too. And you know, it's not an exact combination of things, but there there is so much that, and and I think in a lot of you know classic fantasy tales, that's sort of what it is. I mean, think about like Frodo, for example, in Lord of the Rings. He's just this simple Hobbit that eventually becomes part of this fellowship and and this huge quest to destroy this ring and you know just it's it's a perfect story because it's like we all can identify with that we don't feel we're all that you know you know special or important but these people sort of rise up to the task and they uh, have all everyone kind of has that potential inside them i guess in a way and I, I that story is to me is very appealing and it's very fun to watch and and just has so much uh, going for it i think that's why that is used a lot of times in in fantasy and other other areas of you know storytelling and everything like that so let's play another clip
3: i need your help wizard
0: sorry uh I'm as deaf as a peach and as naked as a baby bird. What did you say?
3: I asked the great wizard, Zedekus Zulzirander, for his assistance.
0: No. I think you have me confused with somebody else.
3: There's no confusion. I had help finding you.
0: I tell you, Clara, before the sun comes up, well, it's good while it lasted. Nice, quiet couple of decades. Time is up. Bring me to the seeker.
1: is uh the meeting there of course uh meeting zed and uh kalen is there talking to him and it's it's a it's a funny scene zed is that is really a great character played by bruce spence he gives us a little bit of uh seasoning and and a little comedy during the show and he is also a good character because he can impart certain information since he's this wizard and been around a long time he knows things, and it's just—it's just great. Uh, Bruce is is a character actor, been around a long time. I think he was in the original or one of the Mad Max movies. He's done a lot of stuff, but uh, he is really perfect, well cast. Uh, that is one thing uh, among a lot of things that I wanted to pass on about this show. One of the things for me, at least, is I think the cast is outstanding. I think they picked great people to play the different parts. They're not very well known uh, actors by any means, but I think they fit their roles very well. As far as the uh, when they cast, especially the two main leads, when they cast uh, Richard Cypher, uh, uh, Craig Horner, he is actually an Australian actor, uh, and uh, it, you know he's done a few things, uh, but this is probably his biggest main role to date. And uh, they they when they saw. Uh, His audition tape, they they really liked what they saw a lot. He was a little bit older than they had. You know, in the books, Richard Cipher is a little bit younger, although uh, Craig's only like 27, I think, anyway. So he's not like some old guy, and he's in fantastic shape. I mean, there's a lot of times you see him with his shirt off in this series, but uh, he is perfect, and they got uh, Bridget Regan, of course, plays Kaylin and, and they just found that she was very seemed very real and and could really play a lot of different emotions that that character has to play. And when they brought them together, especially uh, for what they call a chemistry reading uh, in L.A., when they first were casting this, they they realized that the two of them were perfect together. And I think that's another thing for me, at least, a great appeal of this series is the romance that, that develops over time between uh, Kalen and Richard, it, it always seems very real, and I, I think they did a great job with that. And I'm kind of a, a kind of a bit of a romantic at heart, so uh, I, I like that part of this series a, a lot. You know, a lot of shows that when when romance or things like that happen in a series, sometimes it's not done very well, but I think they do it very believably here. For those that are unfamiliar with this, one of the the issues with that it, it's sort of a uh, Reminds me a little bit of the Beauty and the Beast uh, TV series that aired years ago uh, with Linda Hamilton and Ron Perlman. Because here's the situation if you're not, uh, and I might as well explain this part now. Bridget's character, Kaylin, has the, the power to confess individuals. Basically, what she does, she has this magical power that if she touches someone and decides to use this power, She can basically possess uh, their soul almost. I don't know how it's really described, even in the books or whatever. But she turns them into basically her minion or her puppet to a degree. She normally uses this. She's a good good character, a good person. And and typically where she'll use this power to, to make someone almost her slave is when uh, they're, they're being attacked. There'll be a group of soldiers attacking them. She'll grab one of them or something like that, and, and that gets another person on their side, and then that person is sort of bound to her uh, forever, ultimately. And it, it causes issues and troubles over the over the episodes that we see, and it, it's it's an interesting power, especially for someone who is basically a good person to, to be able to wield, but the idea is that she just does it when someone's evil. She also has the ability to sort of— does this thing called it confesses individuals where they call it kind of the same thing but she has the ability to sort of see the truth in people and people will come to her with their problems and, and things they feel bad about and she can sort of absolve them of their sins in a way to you know to a degree they don't go into that a lot it happens a few times throughout the episodes so anyway she has this ability and Richard is the seeker and they start to, you know, become romantic and, and, and you know, but what what the, the hitch of this all is, is that in the heat of passion, let's say, uh, Kaylin would not be able to necessarily control this ability and power of hers. And she could easily inadvertently make Richard her slave. And there's really, except some exceptions and some little tricks that they've learned uh and have happened uh there's no way for the for her to like take that back and if for those people um and there this is mentioned actually in an interview with between the two of them for the people who used to watch buffy and the early days of that and with angel and everything like that angel was cursed with this thing that he would become evil if he had this moment of pure joy or pure bliss or whatever it was called and then of course, when Buffy and Angel got together on the series, that caused issues. So there's again a similarity there. So I'm trying to use parallels and, and things. So if you you know like Star Wars, like the Buffy, like you know some of this stuff, Lord of the Rings, a lot of, a lot of stuff that you, you've seen in other shows and other movies uh, happens in this series as well. So so that's why they sort of have this unrequited love a little bit on the series on uh, Legend of the Seeker, except for some. Uh, situations that happen and magical means and all that but richard and and kaylin sort of have that forbidden love they love each other care about each other a lot but they can't really be together uh so so that makes the show kind of interesting too for me so we will play another clip now
3: To make sure that I put the book in the Seeker's hands and he's catching worms?
0: Never knew a great man who didn't have a little dirt under his nails. And
3: while he's getting his nails dirty, did it ever occur to you to give him the slightest inkling that he is the first true Seeker in the last thousand years? He has a destiny.
0: Who are you to decide a man's destiny?
3: It's not me. It's the prophecy. Prophecy be
0: damned! I averted the prophecy when I brought him here. Until you opened up a nice little door in the boundary and said, Right this way to the seeker, ladies and gentlemen. So it doesn't matter that Dark and Roll is
3: growing more powerful every day. That people in the Midlands are losing their freedom, dying by the thousands. Stop. What are you talking about? And what's a seeker? The
0: seeker is a hero who arises in a time of and suffering and seeks out evil and fights it wherever he can
3: what does it have to do with me if you were so sure you averted the prophecy that he was gonna live a nice peaceful life why did you stay near him all these years tell him the truth tell him who he is
0: First, you need to know about a man named Dark and Rao. If he is a man and not some twisted wraith of evil brought forth from the underworld to shatter the dreams of humankind. Twenty-three years ago, a great prophet spoke on his deathbed of the birth of a true seeker. A child whose destiny would be to seek out and kill the greatest evil of all.
1: Yeah, I like that scene a lot. Again, from the pilot episode from the first one, uh, learning a little bit more about what the Seeker's all about. Richard has no clue of this, of course. He is brought up and raised without any knowledge of what what this is all about. But he quickly learns that there is this situation, and he has maybe this destiny, even though at first he kind of denies it and doesn't really believe it uh, at all. I wanted to make mention here too of the, the scenery, the amazing scenery and and the beauty that this show has got going for it. It was filmed in HD, which is great, and uh, the the places in the area they they film it. I think it was pretty much all filmed in New Zealand, and it, it's just gorgeous, gorgeous background scenery and everything. Uh, it, it is probably one of the most you know beautiful series that I've ever seen on uh, on any show, and, and they just have vistas and mountains and forests that are just amazing so the you know if you have an hd tv and all it's uh definitely a show that is great to watch and you may still be able to see it in some markets being rerun too i know that you can watch it on uh the best place if you can get access to this if you're in the u.s would be netflix i think i don't know about season two but season one is definitely up there all streaming and i think season two probably will be soon if it's not already so uh you won't really see a, a more you know a more just amazing uh, fantasy series, I think ever. Uh, it is really beautiful, kind of like Xena and Hercules were. And I can give you a little bit more background: Sam Raimi, uh, who did the Spider-Man films, and of course done a lot of stuff, and was also involved with Hercules. And Zena is also one of the people behind this series as well, but uh, a little bit different. You know, I, I, even though I really loved Hercules and Zena. Uh, When I was watching those at the time when they were on and and enjoyed those shows a lot. But Hercules, especially, there is, uh, it was a little bit more, you know, funny and a little more light than Legend of the Seeker. Xena got a little bit more, I think, like the tone of Legend of the Seeker in this series. I, I, I like them all, I think they each have their place, but. Just, just give you a better idea. I think this this show it treats most things pretty seriously. There is humor in it at times, especially with Zed. Bruce Spence uses a lot of humor at different points in the uh, even in the first episode. But I think uh, if you if you're trying to get an idea of what the tone and what the show is like, it's probably closer to Zena than it was Hercules. But I think it's still got its own sort of uh, you know tone to it as well. Here's another clip for you.
3: This is the sword of truth.
0: In anyone else's hands, this is just a piece of steel. But in the seeker's hands, bestows the
3: power to fight evil. And with it, you will kill Dark and Raw. I'm not killing anybody. I don't even know either of you. For all I know, this is some kind of trick. I'm not a, a seeker. I don't want any book or any sword. Calm down, my boy. I'm not. Your boy, my father, is George Cipher, And if any of this were true, he'd have told me. Now get out of my way. Richard, wait! Let him go. What?
0: He needs to find the truth for himself. Until then, he cannot be named.
1: One thing I like about this show, or the pilot especially, is is that it takes. You know, Richard doesn't just jump right into the whole thing. He he has a lot of doubts and and trepidation about you know believing these people and 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 Kalen and Zed and 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 just he's he's like I'm just a guy who lives you know here and chops wood and stuff like that. I uh, I don't know anything about you know killing people or don't want to and and, and so it's it's good. It works out. I mean, there's only they can't prolong that forever, and it does get sort of resolved, you hear, through the clips of the first uh, episode. But it, it, it's good. They, the first episode also wasn't just an hour long. I think when it was broadcast, it was uh, 90 minutes in total. I, I think an air, you know, and I think it's, you know, a little less than that with commercials. Uh, or maybe it was two hours. I'll have to look at the running time again on that. But anyway, it was, it was more than just an hour long episode. They did have to cover a lot in the first episode. It's probably. Well, I think the pilot's a good episode, and of course, that's where you want to start if you want to watch this. The other episodes are a little tighter. There's a lot of stuff they have to cover in this first episode, and maybe they could have busted it up into two parts or whatever, but it it gets you going, and it gets you into the whole situation, and and they're off on the main quest, which is just, you know, to kill and destroy Dark and Rawl by the end of the episode. Uh, Time for another clip. Sent told me.
0: He said you're not my father of course I'm your father <laughs> that it was a lie no every word he told you is true but I will always be your
3: father
1: so that in that clip you uh you hear from richard's sort of adoptive father george about to you know this is all true what zed has told him and, and everything and again there's a very parallel similarity to star wars there he's he's rushing back to to see his um his father and, and you know just like luke rushes back to to see um uncle owen and aunt beru and things don't come out and turn out to be quite as good or the way he'd hoped so and then there, you know, there's the sword is much like the lightsaber. Again, lots of stuff. So some people might, that might bother them. I could see, you know, where they're, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is just like this, or this is just like that. But I, I, I it doesn't bother me. I enjoy it, and it's different, plenty different enough to enjoy. Uh, and, and, I, you know, when you have a solid, good story, I don't, I don't, or, or not, a, not exactly a story, but a, a theme, let's call it a, you know, a, a parallel kind of idea and theme, I think there's nothing wrong with using that to, and, you know, people have always heard that idea about there being only like three or four stories in the whole wide world, and they're just, everything is just variations off that. Uh, you know, one of them is Boy Meets Girl, and that's in this series and, and a lot of things. Uh, I wanted to say that that also I didn't uh, mention that Rob Tappert is one of, you know, is sort of partnered with Rami, Sam Rami, on uh, this show, just like they did on Hercules. And Xena <clears throat> also wanted to say that this show was first called Wizard's First Rule, but uh, at the uh, suggestion of Terry Goodkind, uh, they changed it to Legend of the Seeker, which is a much better title. Uh, It it, it separates it from the books. Wizard's First Rule is the first book in the series, but Legend of the Seeker has a little more epic feel to it, and and I think it fits the series better, especially when you get into the um, later uh, episodes and the next season where they're really moving out of what happens in the first book from what I've read and know. Uh, also, Terry, a good kind, he tried to and offered to, to help write scripts and work on the stories and do things like that. But eventually, ABC decided not to use him or consult him, even though he has still good things to say about Sam and Rob and how they did this show and what they, you know, he had faith in them, basically. But ABC who has uh, put up the money for this uh, series. I wanted to make uh, make uh, c- a comment on that a little bit. ABC Studios, this was the first show that they ever uh, backed and paid for for uh, syndication. Uh, it is, you know, they normally have ABC goes on to, you know, do their normal ABC shows, but they decided to go into the realm of syndication for sort of another avenue for money and, and whatever. And this was with, um, eventually the series was picked up by Tribune, uh, and it helped, uh, you know, put it out all the over all these different syndicated networks across the country and around the world. And eventually, Tribune at the end of uh, season two canceled it. Uh, unfortunately, we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But first, uh, let's continue with our look at the first pilot episode with another audio clip.
0: Fain still has to cross the boundary to get the book to Ral.
3: We can still stop him. Don't you get it? I'm not what you want me to be. Maybe all those years ago, you saved the wrong child.
0: No. You are the true seeker. If anybody failed, it was me telling myself this storm will never come killer was right. I should have prepared you. What happened to your father is only the beginning of Raal's evil. But you can stop him. You and only you. How? In this life. Thing your father brought you up to be, and if you stop, Raúl, then your father and Caelan's sister won't have died for nothing.
1: Yeah, and that scene, Richard, of course, is accepting what has happened. He, you know, he, he has really little choice at that point, but it, it, it's good. The, you know, the, the actors, again, I think they just did a great job. I think they have a lot of, even in this first episode, they 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 have uh, they really have their characters down, even though both uh, Bridget and Craig hadn't read the books at all and didn't really know them. I think they eventually did. I, I read, I think, or, or even watched an interview, there are various interviews of them on YouTube you can find in other places but they, they eventually did read the books and tried to get a little more insight into their characters. but I think they have a good good grasp of them even here from the get-go and do a good job at portraying you know the, the emotions and, and the weight of what's what this whole situation is about uh, from the very beginning. So uh, also wanted to say the photography not just the locations but the photography on this series is, is very well done and and very cool they do a lot of and and i know this is something that bothers some people but in a lot of the battles and stuff and the fights which are very well choreographed but they use a little bit of slow motion at times not all the time they'll they'll edit it in i think in this first pilot they use a bit more i think as the series goes on they use it less and less if i can you know overall give you a sense for that and i i don't mind it i like it i think it's pretty interesting and pretty neat the way they do it It, you know it's been done in action movies and uh, it, it's it's a common thing these days, and I think it fits the show. Something they never have done, really, in other... Like, they didn't really do that too much in, in Xena or Hercules. I think very rarely they would do it, but not... They do it fairly regular uh, on Legend of the Seeker, although, like I said, I think it eventually becomes less and less. It's still used, but not as much. <sighs>
0: Maranath, Richard Cipher, though your road will be long and the outcome unknown, will you undertake this journey? I will. Will you leave behind your friends and all that you have known? I will. Though the forces of evil have sworn to bring about your death, still will you go on? I will. Then will you accept the name of the seeker?
1: In that clip, of course, is is a very big scene in the episode, where Zed has to name uh, the the first wizard has the ability to what's called name or appoint and say that this is the seeker, and it sort of gives him his, you know, it's it's an official thing. There's sort of a magical element to it, and they hand the sort of truth, uh, this very cool sword to Richard and he holds it up and lightning flashes and it's pretty neat i i i, I dig it i dig it i was going to say earlier i kind of got off on a sidetrack you know but my, you know i've enjoyed fantasy for so long i mean i've done a lot of playing of D and and i play wow and and other fantasy games online and and some offline you know back in the day of even the good old Bard's Tale, and and lots of things uh, over the years, Baldur's Gate, and and it's just, this is something that I really enjoy, I like uh, this kind of story, and it's a lot of fun to see uh, on uh, TV, and and I'm just so sad it's gone now, I just can't believe it is, it was so good for two years, and and well, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, and then I'll, I'll really get into it, and really rage, you know, like I always do, and treks in sci-fi right (laughs) nah rico never does that
3: i always knew you were meant for more than just clearing trails you believe us it helps find Fane. well how can i say no to what do you call it the seeker (laughs) an inexperienced untrained seeker we need to go now you need to rest food fresh horses it's a day's ride to the boundary plenty of time to catch up we'll leave again first light no, that's three hours away. Kalen's right. We have to go now.
0: Listen to your friend, Richard. Your trouble started when you rushed in to help Kalen without thinking. Listen, number one, Seeker. Sometimes to gain ground, you need to slow down. That
3: doesn't make sense. Never expect sense from a wizard.
0: Especially a hungry one. I'm not good on an empty stomach. Well, you're in luck.
3: My wife makes the best spice soup in Heartland. <laughs>
1: In that uh, scene, we get to uh, meet a friend of Richards who uh, is is somebody that uh, will be familiar with people who are into uh, this genre of sci-fi and fantasy because he's played by uh, an actor named Jay Lagaya who played uh, Captain Typho in uh, some of the Star Wars prequels. You know, he was kind of like uh, Padme's you know guard or whatever you want to call him. Anyway, he is in this show. He plays Adele um, or Chase Brandstone, and he helps uh, Richard, uh, you know, various times throughout the series. He's interesting and good character, and it, it's uh, it's fun to see Richard with a friend uh, in the show. I also haven't said much about uh, Dark and Rawl yet, and I don't think these too much in these clips. I'll mention a little bit. Uh, Craig Parker is the actor who plays dark and raw, uh, really does a great job. Uh, you know, he's kind of a bad guy, but you you also kind of like him a little bit, which, which is true, I think, or or should be true with any good bad guy or villain. Uh, you can't be completely black and white. You have to sort of understand him a little. He is, um, he's an actor from, uh, I think he's from New Zealand too, but, uh, he's, He's Halder. He plays. Uh, he's in the Lord of the Rings couple of Lord of the Rings films too. Uh, you'll you'll see some overlap in, in this series for people that you've seen in other other fantasy and movie and TV uh, from you know different things. Like I've mentioned as we've been talking about it, uh, they'll be familiar to you. For example, uh, Jolene Blaylock, uh, of course, who played to Paul on uh, Enterprise, turns up in a guest role in the second season. Probably I don't know, maybe about five episodes something like that give or take she was in there uh she she turns up she's kind of turns into sort of a a bit of a nemesis and a, and, a, and an adversary but I, I think it's fun to see her and, and in this series as well and they use a lot of local actors too so you get to see people that you haven't seen very much of and I think that works and and it is works pretty well they 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 have an actress come in I think her name, I don't, I don't know, I always have a hard time saying her name, is like Tabret Bethel, and she plays Kara, who is a Mord Sith. And I guess I'll mention them right now. Mord Sith are this group of women who have a, a certain abilities, both fighting and, and magic, that uh, come into play a little bit more, probably in Season 2. You also get to see Charisma Carpenter, who played on Buffy, uh, she is a Mord Sith in a couple of episodes, and the, the the fun thing for us guys, at least, or for most guys, that uh, they, they wear this sort of really tight black leather uh, outfit. That uh, well, it's not bad to watch and look at, that's for sure. Uh, I kind of bugs me though a little bit. Their name, the Mord Sith. I mean, using the name Sith in there for this evil group in in, in a fantasy uh, realm. I don't know the timing of the you know the whole history of these books with Terry Goodkind. And I know that's the name they were used that was used for them, this group of women uh, that uh, was used in the books, but I don't know when he came up with that versus, you know, of course, the Sith from Star Wars and and that uh, thing. So who knows? Eh, I guess it's just a name, you know, at the, at the end of the day. But there's another uh, cool part, I think it's in season two, where Kalen has to impersonate a Mord Sith. So she puts on the whole dark red leather outfit and takes uh, Richard in and pretends that she sort of has captured him, which is a fun, a fun moment. So let's get back to the pilot though. I'm kind of spinning off here in, uh, a little bit of a side thing, but let's go back and we'll finish up the pilot. A couple more clips to play. This one, I think, is there's a final battle uh, that happens uh, that's really cool, and and Richard really lets loose with all the power of being the Seeker and the Sword of Truth, and takes out all these troops. And this is, uh, I think, uh, a clip for right after that battle takes uh, happens, and and Kaylin uh, nearly gets killed, but of course he saves her again. And uh, well, anyway, here's the clip.
3: I don't understand.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't the prophecy say the seeker will use the book in his quest to defeat Dark and Raul? <laughs> he did use the book, just not in the way we expected. More importantly, he kept the book from getting into Raoul's hands. Being the seeker means making difficult choices, and Richard made the first of many today.
3: But what about all the secrets the book was said to contain? How will he defeat Raoul without knowing them?
0: It appears the Seeker's quest isn't going to come with an instruction manual. Where to now? The boundary is open. We can go either way.
3: Well, like a wise man once told me, In this life, you can't go back, only forward.
0: Spoken like the true seeker.
3: One of our sorcerers from the Boundary has sent news from Caldreth. He was the only survivor of his artillery battery. The only survivor? Yes, my lord. They succeeded in penetrating the Boundary, but the Seeker killed them all. The book?
2: Destroyed, my lord. Well, then, I've seen the Seeker and
3: I are on an even footing. My lord, the seeker travels only with the wizard and the confessor. You have tens of thousands of subjects and soldiers who will obey your every command. Then let it be known throughout the three territories that whoever brings me the seeker will be rewarded beyond imagining. we going exactly fine Raul of course won't be easy he moves from palace to palace temple to temple his spies are everywhere and is said he has magic to cloak his
2: movements
1: yeah so that sort of takes us out into the end of the pilot episode for legend of the seeker the first episode and then of course you get into a lot of different episodes they meet up with you know, some of the episodes involve Dark and Rawl more, and their quest, and what they're they're seeking uh, to to destroy him. And they eventually go on different missions to collect magical parts to this thing called the Book of Orden, uh, which is going to help Richard defeat Dark and Rawl. And then uh, it kind of you know, lots of you know, cool stuff really happens in in season one. Lots of fun things and great action, great you know, romance scenes, uh, character moments. I mean. Uh, it just, I, I love the relationship between Kalen and, and Richard. is probably my favorite part. Zed's always fun. Uh, he's, uh, he's he's great. The guy's really tall too. He's like really a tall guy, and uh, and, and fits the the role of sort of this uh, you know wizardly character. I don't know. Wizards always seem to have to be really really tall and kind of skinny and everything. There's a fun scene. I played a little bit of the clip uh, from it, but you couldn't see it obviously. When Kalen first runs into Zed and meets up with him, he's he's kind of out in the woods at night uh, naked. <laughs> of course, it's television, and, and they don't show that exactly, but uh, it's a fun scene, and, and again, he's, he's great. Uh, I'm going to play here a, a clip from—this is a preview trailer— that was put out uh, when season two, you know, during the interim between season one and season two, to preface. And there was a whole kind of other new mission that they go on in season two. So let me play that trailer for you to give you a taste for that. As I feared,
0: creatures escape from the underworld. It's a screeling.
3: With like the nursery rhyme, the screelings are loose. The keeper may win. His assassins have come to rip off your skin.
0: If I remember right, the poem says the only way to kill it is to hack it into pieces.
3: Richard tried hacking it with a sword of truth. It didn't even seem to hurt the creature.
0: If we can't kill
3: it, we'll find it and trap it.
0: Our problems are far greater than one nasty monster. This crack in the earth, it's a tear in the veil that separates the underworld from the world of the living. As long as it's open, there's no way to prevent the keeper of the underworld, the great enemy of all that walks, breathes and grows in the light. From sending his minions to bring death to every living thing.
3: This happened when I killed Ra. When the boxes of Orton exploded. Where's it
0: second rule? The greatest harm can come from the best intentions.
3: If I did this, I'll find a way to undo it.
0: The only way I know of to close a rift is the way the creator sealed the underworld at the beginning of time. The Stone of Tears. He who possesses the stone will be able to repair the veil. We'll find it. The stone is a very small object in a very large world. Ah!
3: This secret for twenty four years. That's a lie. I will kill you. He can only see you if you move!
1: Yeah, so that will give you a little bit of a taste for Season 2. Again, I'm trying pretty hard to keep this fairly spoiler-free for uh, even Season 1 and Season 2. I do want to play uh, another clip here of—this is uh, an interview, I think it's from TV Guide, uh, that did they did with um, Bridget Regan and, and Craig Horner. You'll hear Craig speaking uh, in his normal uh, native Australian-type accent. He, he, he makes it go away pretty much for the series, and it speaks more with a kind of American, I guess, uh, accent in the role of uh, Richard Cypher, but uh, this, and, and the hard part about this little bit of an interview, and you can see these things on YouTube, so look it up yourself, but they, they sort of put the questions in in text, but you don't hear the guy ask them, so I'm going to try to tell you what they're asking about before you listen to the clip, so you can keep this in mind. The first question that they're asking is about pranks on the set, and they mention uh, Michael Hurst, who actually uh, was on Hercules, uh, and he played Iolus on Hercules, and he's turned into a pretty regular director. He directed uh, several of these episodes, and I guess he played a little prank on them one day. So that's the early part of this little interview. It's only a couple minutes long, two and a half or so. And then they ask them about, uh, who, w- who would you rather kiss? Who would you rather get together with, a Mord Sith or or, uh, or a confessor? And of course, that kind of is a funny little thing, because or Bridget or Bridget plays a Kaylin, a confessor, and they're kind of sitting there next to each other on the couch talking about this, and and Richard, or uh, I'm sorry, I should say Craig, answers that, well, he'd rather have a Mord Sith kiss him because, you know, if a confessor kind of does that, then they have this danger of confessing them and turning them into a little puppet and all, and I think there was something more about, uh, you know, girl-on-girl kissing for the ratings because, the Mord Sith tend to do that a few times in the in the show, and, and, and I think uh, Bridget says something about, well, whatever is good for the ratings, and they, you know it happens a couple times on the series, but again, it's TV. But here is the interview, and then I'll be right back, and we'll kind of try to wrap, wrap this up a bit.
3: Remember that time we were in... Michael um, uh, Michaelhurst? Okay. We, we were, did this thing where we had to open this uh, box, right? And we we're gonna oh see my like God. a. Come on. Oh, re- <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> we had to react to like this. We're supposed to be like, dead this body. Dead body. Right? Dead body and now second take. Don't we open it up? Because we go out, we get our checks done, we come back into the scene, we and they're all in, ready, and they're like, like okay, okay, roll. Because don't, we don't go in until like this, like okay, turn over. Oh, shit yeah, let's go, cool. And then you roll, and then we go to open the thing, and we're like, <laughs> Michael Hurst, the director just sitting there, he's <laughs> like he's like, ah. And we really all scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to and We're actually like, what do we do? Do we can we laugh now? Oh, do we yeah. do we and then you boring. go watch playback and you're like, who broke first? Yeah. Who was the one? Um, yeah, hey, actually someone asked me this. Uh, yeah, that's right. And um, I said um, I'm more siv because I mean. No 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 no. Because I was like, once you do it you're like a puppy, you're a slave, you lost your soul. So I was like, you have no I'd, faith, I'd, I'd rather um bear the to torture faith. just to get a bit of nookie. <laughs> <laughs> he's, what he's saying is he loves pain right now. That's what he's actually saying. <laughs> I just don't know if we could um, idea. What? Yeah. Believe. Believe. <laughs> we will make it work somehow. Which yeah. and Kalen will. I have faith. I'll believe. Who would you date? Confessor? What's <laughs> that? That's kind of a weird question. <laughs> That's kind of bizarre. That's like... <laughs> um, Wait, if you dated him once again, what do? That's what Beasley always says. Really? Whenever I'm doing a scene with Tab, he's like, now kiss, do we want good ratings or not? <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> I did, a baby sheep! Because... Shirley! Shirley, ah. Oh. Yeah, finally I, can't I eat got lamb to. I more because of that, Shirley. Right? Yeah. I mean, every time you go to, go to like, the sheep everywhere, but you cross the fence and they're like, Mray! like <laughs> running away, of course. Like, why are they going to be like, hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, pat me. Awesome. <laughs> um, but there was this one little lamb who, thank God, was only a little pen, so she couldn't go anywhere. So you're like, ah, come here. You. Shirley got brought to my trailer and I really? got to hug her. Oh, K.P. brought yes. her T.S. right. Oh my god, He's like, I loved it. it. We, we shoot out her this. I'm not hungry. <laughs> Aww.
1: yeah that's a lot of fun hearing the two the two of them and and if you are a fan of this series or even not yet uh, you know check out the, some of that stuff on youtube it it's it's really great great uh, to see and and you know these two actors you know that work together on the series on on legend of the seeker Craig Horner and Bridget Regan just have a, a lot of chemistry together i mean i'm just kind of surprised they're almost not dating in real life and uh, it's uh, i don't think either of them are married or anything like that they're they're both in their late 20s and it, it just it, works so well for the show that they just seem to get along uh, very well. And there are a lot of times you'll see them. Uh, there are pictures and, and, and different websites. There's a, uh, Just do a Google search for Legend of the Seeker. There's a couple of really great websites that cover the show and the books as well online if you want to learn more. And there are some photos of them different, at different events, and they're always kind of goofing around a little bit. And uh, what I always notice is that Craig, uh, who played Richard, is not really a very tall guy, and most of the scenes, or most of the, not the scenes, but uh, the photos you'll see the, of them together, usually uh, Bridget, uh, who played Kalen, looks usually about four or five good inches taller than him, although she's usually in heels and he isn't, uh, but I, I, I'm not sure. I think they're probably closer in height than that usually shows. On the show, they looked usually pretty much the same height, and uh, so just a little a side note. Let me uh, play now, I have one uh, audio clip from someone, uh, one of the guys in the forum Dan, or Shepard sent me in his comments, I know there's a few other people that have seen the series, or seen part of it uh, and but this is the only clip I got uh, to play for you this week from uh, anyone else to mention uh, what they think about Legend of the Seeker, so I'm going to play that and I'll come back and finish up the show
2: Hey Rico and Trex and Sci-Fi listeners, this is Dan Shepherd from the forums So, Legend of the Seeker I just finished watching this show a few weeks ago and I have to say it is fantastic. The whole series, fantasy series, I I can't think of many that I enjoy. Actually, I can't think of any other ones that I watch on TV, so maybe that's maybe that's why I can't think of any others I enjoy. But yeah, the whole the whole thing, the setting, the cast, the cast, they work so well together, I thought. Richard, Kalen, and Zed in the first season. And I think it got even better with the addition of Kara in season two. And, yeah, Kara. She is like, wow. I, yeah, I, I don't think that's why season two was better. I think she brought a lot to the cast and the chemistry. But I think it was a perk that she was so hot. But the whole the whole setting of the show, being in that New Zealand landscape is amazing, because New Zealand, wow, that's, it's amazing and beautiful country. This show is like Lord of the Rings style on TV, in my opinion. And what, actually, you know what this really makes me want to do while watching the show and having finished watching the show, it really makes me want to read the books, because it so frustratingly got cancelled, and I want to know what happens next. That is assuming the series follows the books, which I don't actually know. But still, I'm sure the I'm sure the books are awesome and I do want to know more about this world and this universe and so that's once I get some free time I think I probably will read those. That's assuming I have free time in the near future. Anyway, thank you so much, Rico, for the podcast, and listeners for listening. And that's pretty much all I got.
1: Well, that's great, Dan. Thanks so much for sending that in. I'm glad to have another voice uh, this week uh, rather than just myself, uh, you know, talking up and, and recommending, you know, this this just awesome, amazing, great fantasy series uh, a, that was on TV for two, only two seasons. I think there's 20, I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up in a, in a bit. Uh, I guess it's not that critical. There was 20 to 22 episodes per season, something like that. Uh, so it's it's still great, and don't be dissuaded that there's only two seasons. They do kind of wrap it up pretty well by the end of the series overall, so you're not left hanging or anything like that. I think they were aware of what was—aware of, you know, that, that it was maybe going to end, and they I think they wanted to finish out the what was going on in season two anyway, so it's not like you're really left— you know, some sh- some shows just get just dis- yanked, and you know you're left really hanging. And I know some people won't watch because oh god, I don't want to be just you know watch a season or two of something and then it just end in a really bad place, and I, I never know what happens. Even though Dan says you know he wants to know what happens and more, it's it would be more in other adventures of them. The the storyline that was running through season two gets finished up. So uh, I I hope that explains what I'm talking about. But if you want, you know, romance and action and scenery and and great acting, I mean, and and just cool fantasy, you know, Dan said something about it being like Lord of the Rings on television. I actually think it's better than that in, in a way for me, at least. I love the Lord of the Rings. I love the stories, the books, the movies, but. I think there's something a little more, uh, something you can identify with a little bit better and seems a little more accessible for uh, this show than you can for me for Lord of the Rings. I mean, I love that, but this just seems a little more real, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Uh, Not real, as in like, you know, shooting fire and, 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 you know, swinging a sword around and magical barriers and little wisps that lead you through forests at night and all that kind of cool stuff. But I, I it, it just that the characters just seem a little more, not so hugely heroic. Uh, they make mistakes, things happen to them, they get beat up a lot, <laughs> and, you know. They're they they get hurt a lot in this series, you know, on screen, and they show it. And they don't shy away from that, and I I like that, and and and, and it just it's just great. It, it, I can't recommend it enough. If you're at all a fantasy fan, th- this series you need to watch it, and. Uh, and the only thing I will say, by the time you end up watching it, by the end, it you, you, you will get wrapped up, but you will be upset, just like Dan and myself, about, gosh, you know, wh- why did they cancel this? Why isn't there more? And, and so forth. And there is some sort of movement and petitions out there for getting it back, but eh, I, I don't really hold out much hope now that it's kind of ended for a few months. And. I would love to see these actors do something again together. Uh, It would be great. And and like I said, I I am really missing it already. And and there just isn't other good fantasy on television. And and it's just a shame that... Uh, that it, it, it just ended. I mean, it was costing him a million, a million and a half, I think, to do each episode. But syndication and DVD sales, I wish it would come out on Blu-ray. That's what I'm a little disappointed out about. I, I heard that it was possibly going to. I don't know if the show being a- ended after two seasons is going to stop that at all. I'd love to buy it, be able to buy it on Blu-ray. But, um, you know, if you try to find it on HD still being syndicated and broadcast now and watch it that way because being broadcast in HD is actually a much higher resolution, a better picture than buying a DVD. uh, Although you should buy the DVDs too and watch those. I just hope it comes out on Blu-ray sometime. So I've rambled enough. I think you get a good feel for the series, I hope, from what I've played. Uh, I'm going to just end it here. Uh, I'm going to sign off for the podcast. You know what's coming up in the future in the in the next few weeks I've already talked about. So um, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this week's look at uh, Legend of the Seeker and other things that we covered on Treks and Sci-Fi. Always uh, your emails and audio comments are welcome to treksf at gmail.com. So take care, and I, I hope you'll all come back next week when we'll be doing that Skype call. So talk to you then. And I'm going to play, I think, some more Legend of the Seeker music for you here at the end of the podcast. And uh, so, bye-bye.